Hey everyone and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Scouting Report. Hope you all had a great and restful Labor Day wherever you are. It was a great weekend of college football with some great games as well as a few snoozers. But there was football all day Saturday and that is a good day. We kick off NFL action this Thursday and I'm excited to see all the NFL action get going. Love to hear from you all. Make sure you are jumping on Twitter, letting me know your thoughts, comments, and what you would like to hear in the future. Like, subscribe, and share this podcast on whatever platform you are listening. With that, let's jump in here. So today, I decided to do something a little bit different. I'll admit partly of that is because uh, the 2022 film has been a little bit slower coming in than I thought it might be, but uh, also I thought it'd be a good chance to uh, talk some college Uh, Maybe some guys transitioning to the NFL, somewhere in between. So what I am going to call this, two up, two down, and two to be determined. What will this be about? Well, we will briefly talk about two players from the last few years that I hit, uh, I think, really spot on. Maybe I was uh, a little bit different than the majority in our building. We will also talk about two players I missed on. Was I low? Uh, What was the reason? And then we will talk about two players that are kind of wait and see, guys. I'm excited to see this uh, play this year, talk about this their situation and what we need to see from them. So this will be a fun exercise in uh, critiquing old reports. Um, again, always good to go back, evaluate, grade yourself, find out where you're missing, where you have blind spots. That way you can hit guys uh, as good as you can every time. So with that, let's jump in here. Two up. Here we go. First player that uh, we're going to uh, talk about currently sitting as the starting offensive guard for the Patriots and uh, we'll just leave uh, coach Belichick's comments on depth charts out of this Uh, but the player Michigan man Mike Onwenu. Mike was a massive 600, 6'4", 350 pounds coming out of Michigan, uh, played right guard there, was part of an offensive line that had both the left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard all drafted in the same year. Jalen Mayfield, the right tackle for that team, was drafted the next year. Uh, don't get me started on Jalen, maybe someday, anyway. Um, The team that I was with was not a fan of Mike at all. I was the high grade for the longest time all the way through the draft. Um, I had a starting offensive guard grade on the player. Typically in the system, that's probably going to be maybe a day two, day three pick, depending on where your team needs are, um, where the guard class is. So you probably say second to fourth round is where that grade is going to end up. Now, O-line can be a little tough, especially when you're talking scheme-specific players as well, outside zone, uh, as opposed to more of a gap scheme. We were at the time allegedly an outside zone team. That's what we were told anyway. There was not much belief outside of my report that Mike had enough initial quickness and foot speed to function in the zone scheme. Uh, There was also not much conviction that Mike would be a starter in the NFL at any position, much less do what he did last year, kick out to right tackle and, you know, function on a team that was a pretty good team. Uh, But as we sit here, Mike has continued to improve and grow and is his starter in the NFL. So why did I think he could do it? Why was I different than the rest? First, he had very good feet for a man his size. He was light on his feet. You saw it in his pulling, saw it in his movement. I saw it some at practice in the weight room. Uh, Again, not a guy that uh, was going to um, may always make it look pretty, but he could cross over his feet. He was smooth in his poles. He was rarely on the ground for a guy that size. That coupled with how big he was made me believe he had the athleticism and size to play. 
he carried his 350 very well. He was super thick through the midsection and thighs. Not a guy that you would look at and be like, no, that's a sloppy 350 pounds. He's got to lose weight. You look at this guy and you're not sure where the weight's going to come from. Just naturally a big man. Uh, I've always loved the saying that if you're going to miss, at least miss on big and physical players because uh, at least you'll have a player that's still big and physical. That is Michael and Winu. If you miss on a small guy, you don't have a football player. They're not going to be on your team long. So Mike is part of a great system there in New England. I am excited to continue to see where uh, he ends up, see him ascend back at guard, really his natural position. Uh, I think he's going to be a starting guard for a long time in the NFL, um, and that is my first up. My second man up, a wide receiver out of Notre Dame, Chase Claypool. One of those guys that I absolutely fell in love with leading up to the 2022 or 2020 NFL draft. There we go. Uh, a physical specimen that blew the testing out of the water, uh, really largely just scratching the surface of who he would become as a wide receiver. Now, 6'4", nearly 240. This guy was widely viewed coming up through the process as a developmental tight end prospect may grow into a good receiving tight end. Uh, there was just a lot of wait and see with people that just weren't real convicted on this player. Obviously, Pittsburgh liked him enough to take him in the second round. Um, while the team that I was with viewed him as a developmental, maybe early day three player, again, just where do you put him? That was the biggest question. I had him slotted as a starting wide receiver from day one that could you know, turn into something really special. Chase has had his ups and downs uh, on, and you, know, you could argue more off the field, something we'll talk a little bit about, but there is no denying the talent he has. So why did I like Chase so much? And this is where it was really fun for me with Chase Claypool. So let's forget about the physical traits. Obviously, there's not a lot to argue with about there. Again, what he did and his 40 time at the combine shocked a lot of people. Again, his jumping ability, the way he moves. Um, again, it all forced people to go back and watch more film. But where I really, really began to like Chase was, you know, happened about across about a week and a half during the uh, during the season. So Chase was the best player uh, on the Notre Dame punt team, even during his final season as a top end outside wide receiver. He was playing tackle and spread punt and was their best player on punt. He was also their best offensive threat on the outside with a quarterback that was a little more apt to run than throw the ball. Um, but again, that's kind of beside the point with this conversation. So I went to a Bowling Green game in 2019, um, obviously a game that Notre Dame just was going to outclass him uh, just about in every respect, not really needed, uh, but he was out there the whole game. I think he caught a touchdown in the third quarter, um, continued to play at wide receiver. Um, again, not just out there, he was also battling an ankle injury that plagued him the entire season. I believe he even had off-season surgery on it following their season. He would off, get right back on the field again in a game where he wasn't really needed. Um, he was out there battling. Great game, good. That's a game. Okay, then come to practice the next Tuesday when I was there on campus. This is the time when a lot of players, even good players, are going to get the day off, maybe being just uppers, maybe just take the day off, work on the side. No, that's not Chase. Chase did not take a rep off in practice. He battled the ankle. Um, he had to get it retaped two different times. Um, was constantly working on it, but again, he was in every drill that he could. Individual team was even working with the punt team. 
He was as high an effort practice player as I remember that day at Notre Dame. If the quarterback gave him a bad ball on the outside, he was getting back in line. He was cutting off the younger guys because he wanted to get the hands uh, his the ball in his hands. It was something he was he was really working on his hands that year. Not one of his stronger points in his game. He, you know, he can pluck the ball. He was more apt to make the circus catch than the routine catch. But again, he wanted to get his quality rep in. Multiple times there were trainers, there were coaches. Hey, you know, take a rep off, do that. No, the dude wanted to go. He wanted to get back in there. Now, the person of Chase that was you know really hard to do a lot of work on through the process. He's gotten caught caught up in some of the social media nonsense that distracted him off the field. Um, if he gets back to it, gets right. I do believe this player has the kind of talent that uh, another number eleven that was down in Atlanta for a while. He's got that kind of talent. That's where I viewed him. I said, hey, this guy's the eventual replacement for our number 11. Um, again, obviously, I was the high guy on him. He has shown flashes. Um, obviously, a second-round pick. You can certainly see the talent. So um, that is my second up. So those are my two up. Agree, disagree, let me know. Now to my two down. This first one's a tough one for me. Um, Nate Stanley, quarterback out of Iowa, currently a free agent. This is this is tough just because I loved Nate Stanley so much coming out of Iowa. Now, um, I thought he was going to develop into a good starting quarterback that you could build around and win a lot of games. A three-time captain at Iowa, which is a rare, rare thing. You start talking about the reasons why I really liked him, that's it right there. Three-time captain at the quarterback position, a position that needs leadership, needs somebody that's going to be able to lead the guys. At 6'5", 235, had the size to be a pocket passer. He could spin the ball, loved the way it came out of his hands. I liked the accuracy a little more than some. So what kept him from succeeding? All the conversations I've had over the years um, about Nate, and obviously it's just been a couple here, but it was ultimately a processing thing. Iowa does not run a real dynamic offense. Uh, in fact, if you're talking about uh, hard offenses to watch, that would be it when I was scouting, especially offensive players. After this last week's score, I'm sure Iowa fans out there can relate. Uh, as a result, Nate never ultimately was ever able to show and maybe just struggled with the processing. Um, despite the physical traits, just he could not do it at the NFL level. Currently a free agent, he may still get a chance. We will see. Uh, his time is running short. NFL, not for long. That may be where Nate's at, and that is my first down. My second down, um, you know, Luke Fortner. I debate, debated putting this one into my kind of wait and sees, but my grade on him will warrant a discussion based on where he got drafted. So Luke got drafted by the Jaguars as a center in this year's draft. And if you draft a center in the third round, you're expecting him to be the starter. I think that's fully the expectation there. I thought Luke was at best maybe, maybe going to be a backup center and guard. I also did not think it was out of the realm of possibilities for Luke to hang it up and go into his off-field career as an engineer. Incredibly bright, incredibly... Um, you know, studious off the field. I mean, this guy's going to be making as much money post-NFL career off the field as he makes in the NFL. Now, he's got all the intangibles to make it in football or whatever he chooses, which is, you know, part of the reason why I went the third round. But on the field with his play, I thought I saw a little bit of a heavy-legged, ultimately an average athlete that did not always have the anchor that you would expect for a guy inside that's going to be playing center and guard. It will be interesting to see how Coach Peterson marries Luke into this offense. Um, again, last time Coach Peterson was coaching, he had a guy at Jason Kelsey 
at center that could pull, do all sorts of things, certainly different types of players. Uh, but again, this is one I'm going to be reevaluating. I'm going to have to you know, watch Luke this year, see um, you know, how wrong I was. Again, I really had probably, I, I, I don't know if my grade ended up as a seventh round, more than likely an undrafted free agent. So that is my second down. Agree? Disagree? Let me know. Now over to my, let's see, to be determined. First one, uh, Jeff Okuda. By far the best corner coming out of the 2020 draft. One of the most fun corners I remember watching in my years of college scouting. Um, now, you talk about the Achilles injury. That's obviously a major knockout a full season. That can be tough coming back from that, a position that requires so much uh, lower body flexibility, fluidity. Um, even that, he's even with that, he's underperformed, though. Corner can be tough. You're on an island. If you get beat once, that's a big play. It's a touchdown. That has been the case for Jeff. Now, Jeff is long. He can run. He's talented. He's physical. He's got the right makeup. 2022 is going to be a huge prove it year for him and uh, it's going to either push him into the prove it or into the ups the downs we will see where he ends up so Jeff good luck go prove it this year my other two be determined uh, you know staying up in the Big Ten one of their rivals another Michigan offensive lineman Caesar Ruiz now Caesar was drafted again with that big group of offensive linemen and he was drafted by the Saints in the first round now absolutely the most talented of the group as we were sitting there watching their draft it was very head scratching for uh, us scouts as we were talking about him when new orleans drafted caesar because we viewed him as a starting center really a backup guard if you're kicked there they already had center eric mccoy on the roster very similar players players that are going to be much better at center better movers a little bit smaller lack the anchor lack really the strength at guard um, again, Caesar has struggled because he's been pushed out to guard with Eric holding that uh, center spot down. Um, again, a little bit less in the lower half. You look at Caesar; he looks like a center. Um, he's got to, you know, got to get stronger in his lower half. Has, has the want to, has the right makeup. Um, again, at guard, there's just too many one-on-ones with bigger t- defensive tackles that have been able to really kind of just run through him. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, we got a new, uh, new-ish offense down there. Um, he's had the time to gain strength. We'll see if he stays at guard this year. We'll see if maybe a change of scenery is needed. Only time will tell. We will see. That is why Caesar is another to be determined. So that does it. Would love to hear where you are at on all these guys. Let me know where you were. Um, if you got these guys right, guys you got wrong, and who are you waiting to see prove it. We will be back Thursday with another player. Uh, maybe we'll hit a quick NFL report. Perhaps somebody that is going to be playing Thursday night. Little teaser, perhaps. Like, subscribe, share. Please get the word out there on this podcast. Keep it growing. Don't just watch the ball when you're watching film. Pick a player, pick an area, and whenever you do, keep scouting.